wings, listen up. Today's run is vitally important to our cause. Set your frequencies to Dice Time, a Star Wars Legion podcast and part of the Legion Academy Collective. Your lead wing captain today will be Ben Gedron, and your support ship leader will be Paul Watson. Let's show them what we're made of, Rebels. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dice Time. I'm Ben Jetron. I'm Paul Watson. And currently, I don't know where we are, because we are currently hostages. Oh, we keep getting into these messes, man. I, I really wish I could have at least painted a picture as to how this happened, but really, it was all black, and then here we were. I mean, I don't know where you were, but I got grabbed by Pike Syndicate about a day ago, and then taken here... And then, you know, just a couple hours ago, I think I saw you get dragged in by some black sun. Yeah, man, I got hit in the head so hard. I still don't know where I was before this happened. So, <laughs> oh, that's no good. I, I definitely don't because I was here. At least I know where I was when you got captured. But I can't tell what they're going to do with us right now. But from the little words that I've been able to pick apart from, you know, from their language, I, I think we're, I think they're trying to figure out which one of them is going to sell both of us to their benefactor. So I think, I think we're currently in the middle of a turf war. So like right now, I think we should just take the opportunity and just go ahead and do our show. Yeah, I guess so. So Paul, in the, uh, in the, in the month or so that we've been, uh, off, uh, or rather in between shows, uh, we've actually had news and new things being released and show well, not released, but shown off to the public. So yeah, fun stuff exciting. To talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the Pikes and the Black Sun, which we'll be able to talk about the fully spoiled core units of both of those factions and or uh, sub factions, however you want to look at them. So we'll have those to talk about. Um, we can also we're also going to our main other topic, our our second main topic, I should say is uh, we're actually going to be talking about burnout. So kind of like a semi-serious topic on hobby burnout and, uh, you know, what that can look like, what it's going to, what it can do to you, what it's going to make your game feel like, and uh, what you should do if you uh, start to feel it. So stay tuned for that. That's a, That'll be an important talk. But first, Paul, we should talk about the League. Oh, yeah. Although, if I remember correctly, did you say that you haven't played your games yet? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I actually, um, as as of when we're recording this, when it, when it comes out, I will have played my games. But um, I have one scheduled tomorrow and one scheduled for Saturday morning. Excellent. And so, yeah, and then the third person in my group um, had to drop out because of computer issues. Oh, um, that's too bad. But hopefully he will come back around, maybe even in the next group if he can get his computer fixed in time. But oh, yeah, um, yeah. Either, either way, I hope that he can get it fixed and, and join us for some more fun that's going to be had. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to play my list. I know we talked about it a little bit last time, and I haven't gotten to play it yet. So, <laughs> Well, next time we better get a full report. Yeah, we definitely – I'll definitely have some news for next time. We might actually have uh, a couple – sessions of league to talk about next yeah, time. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe the so, timing will work out that way. So what about yours? How have your games been? Well, uh, Bespin uh, finished all of their games before any of the other pods. So oh, Okay, uh, okay. So, <laughs> 
So, uh, hashtag best pin. Oh my uh, gosh. Because we finished uh, first and we finished best. So, we actually, uh, we played, it, so if anyone needed to know again, um, my pod is the best pin pod. I am with uh, Jace from Friday Night Fights. And then I'm also with uh, Birdland Fan, which is B Smith and Canadian Bear. So uh, we just we had a we had a rockin' dice time in uh, in the Bestman pod. It was super fun, and I played I, I played Jace first, and then Bear, and then and then B Smith, and those were that was the order I played them in. I had a great game with Jace. Um, <laughs> Jace is probably going to disagree with that statement. <laughs> Because, uh, it was some of the hottest for no reason dice that I've ever rolled throughout an entire game. And some of the dumbest dice he's ever rolled throughout an entire game. Like, I'm talking like four blank red defense dice out of five in a roll kinda, kinda game. Wow. So, so are you, are you telling me that you beat Jace? I beat Jace, but I promise oh. you, I promise you it was not on strategy. It was purely on dice. Hey, you deserve a dice time every once in a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, Sean was just like, don't worry, I'll make sure he never lives it down. I don't care how it happened. It just, that gets, that, that's just going to be remembered now. <laughs> Coming and especially the fact that it's Jace who I think maybe only lost what like one maybe two games our entire Yavin base like yeah. team career in both of the <laughs> past two seasons. <laughs> and I th- think he beat B Smith and Bear. I might be wrong on that, but I know that he's. I know he was number one in our pod before I played my two games. My my second two games. So I think that means that I was his only loss. Wow. I could, that might be, that might be wrong, but I think that's right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we, we played, oh, I played the same map every time. All three of my games, I played on the same map. Uh, it was the scary home map. field, some home field advantage there. <laughs> yeah, but the wild thing is I didn't pick the map any of those <laughs> games. My opponent always picked it. So Jace picked Scarif, and then I played Bear, and he played Scarif, and he was just like, oh, yeah, like I like this map. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then I played B. Smith, and he loads up the Scarif map, and I'm like, okay, what the what the heck? And he's just like, I played the other two maps, so I'm just playing them in order. So he was just like, so this one's the only one I haven't played on. And I was just like, oh, well, it's the only one I did play on, so okay. <laughs> and I started on the same side every time. So, yeah, I really got to know that map. <laughs> I think I get to pick the map every time, which is really weird because I'm never blue player. Like I almost always just max out my list and and play red. red. Yeah, yeah. I, these days I I will because I'm just like you know I just don't see a reason to like half the reason I played blue was because I wanted that table edge pick, and now that's a red thing. So now I'm like, yeah, table, I think I'm like pick table edge, get final veto on battle deck card, sure. I'd rather do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is nice. Although, 
with the way this league is working, there is a, that little bit more incentive to go back and play for blue. Again, I wasn't trying to, but I happened to default into it because if your list wants something very specific, you can kind of pick a map that's going to fit your strategy a little bit better. Like, honestly, true. for my list, I'm going to be pretty lucky that I get to choose the map because I have three FD turrets. You know, there are just some maps yeah. that those FD turrets are going to sit there and only have a lane that your opponent can stay out of. So, true. Um, yeah, that is that is one thing with, with the way the league is run. It, it really does give you some incentive to play either side of things, right? And. Mm-hmm. And have a good time with some stuff. Like, I can take a list with three FDs and not feel like I'm going to be really out of luck if I can pick the map, right? So Right. So Hey, if we get to the Coruscant map from uh, Team League, you know where to put those FDs now, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> right on the tippy top of a skyscraper where it shouldn't fit. Because <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> Yeah, TTS, uh, man. There's some wonky stuff, though. <laughs> I know. There's always stuff that happens during my games where I'm just like, okay, that wouldn't fly in real life, but okay, whatever. <laughs> physics. <laughs> like, TTS physics. People moving through those boxes on the cargo pallets, and I'm just like, that would be a physical object that you couldn't insert your model in in real life, but, you know, okay, sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. <laughs> um. So, yeah, then I played Bear, and we had a really like, tough back-and-forth game that he ended up taking the win on, which was super cool. And then B. Smith and I had each gone 1-1, and we were, like, the final game in our pod, and it was going to determine which one of us was going to the upper bracket and then which one of us was going to the lower bracket. Oh, no. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, pressure in the league? How dare you? (laughs) Um, honestly, I was just there to have a dice time. I didn't really, I'm like, if I end up in the lower bracket, that just means, you know, more fun games. If I go in the upper bracket, hey, I get to play some more, you know, competitive games and see if, like, see if I can learn stuff while I'm up there. But, you know, I was just like, you know, we'll just see where, we'll see where we shake out. I, I, I really don't care either way. I'm not going to get eliminated, you know. Right. So, you just get to keep playing no matter what. So I was like, cool. Um, but yeah, B. Smith and I played, we had a really, we also had a really tight game. He played Empire, he had a gun line, and, uh, oh, I didn't tell you. So, Bear and B. Smith's games, I played back-to-back Saturday night and Sunday morning. Wow. Because that was the timing that worked out, and I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I'll just do it that way. So, uh, Bear played a Republic list that was... Uh, led that was Wookie heavy, so chieftain, three units of Wookies, and then like basic clones, uh, two laser cannon RTs and a bark speeder. I was like, man, Paul would be proud. Oh, I like it. I like. I was it. gonna say that list was nasty. It it really did its work, and uh, we played breakthrough disarray, and it was so wonky. <laughs> it was such a fun game. Ooh. Yeah, that that is an interesting interesting combination of stuff there. Um he did absolutely uh gun me down, so I definitely uh by the time I hit the breakthrough end zone, I was definitely out activated and uh outgunned. So he we the final score I think was like seven four or something. Okay. And I was like, Yeah. That's all we can save. <laughs> 
saved that's, as many as we could, and that's about all that made it. Yeah, he's got a lot of a lot of protected wounds and stuff in that list, and just a oh, lot yeah. of wounds in general, right? Uh, I really thought I could chew through him, but like, nope. <laughs> it's a lot, could not. man. Wookiee squads are a lot to get through. Yeah. I don't even think I got through any of them. I mostly just, he deployed two of them, like, kind of by themselves in one corner. I just, like, made a fake first line for them to crash into, and then turn one just, like, double-moved them away from that so that those Wookiees didn't have anywhere to go. And That's crazy. It sort of helped, but not really. <laughs> anyway, um, then I played B. Smith. He played Empire. He played a gun line. And he was most like Shores, uh, Krennic, Mortars. His Mortars were on fire for the whole first round. Like, like, one of them, one of his Mortars would like average two, like two crits a roll. And we were just like, God, are you kidding me? (laughs) Wow. Um, but yeah, he ended up going, uh, very, very, uh, pushy and very forward on his, uh, on his forward moving and getting to objectives and stuff. And I actually did the gun line play and held back a little bit more with a lot of my stuff and just, you know, took shots and ended up winning on attrition. Uh, not like it came down to it. He, I think we, I think we called it like turn four or so, but he was like, yeah, I, I am outgunned and I out activated too much to win by this point. And so we called it there, but it was, we, I, I just remember going to the after chat in one of the groups and he was, and someone was just like, so like, why were you moving up so much? And he's like, uh, cause I'm impatient. I'm a melee player. <laughs> he's like, I don't play gun lines. And, I, and everyone was just like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I have found that, um, in games of Legion sometimes is there, you could play a game where you just sit around and you don't really shoot a whole bunch, or if you uh-huh. do, it's at range and to cover, and, like, you're really just not getting anywhere. And then, like, at the very end, you can jump out and claim all the objectives, right? And yep. I have I found out very early, um, one of those times when we were in Muncie, uh, playing in one of those tournaments, that I am not that guy. Like, <laughs> I just... Yeah, no. I am, I am not going to hide my army the entire game and have a boring two-and-a-half-hour game of positioning behind rocks where no one shoots each other, like, barely touches anything, and then jump out on objectives. Like, I just, I can't do that. It's not fun for either of us. Like, I came to play a game and, like, pew-pew stuff, and that's not how I want to play. Yeah, so I totally get that, that you just couldn't sit there and just shoot all day. Like, I get it. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see, um, and I mean this in the most respectful way. It's really interesting to watch people who play one playstyle go into like another faction or another kind of list and apply their tactics to that kind of list, like applying melee tactics to a gun line. Because there were absolutely times where he would move a unit and then get me in a weird spot because I didn't think he was going to move. I was like, he's going to sit there and aim shoot. And then he's like, I moved this unit and now you're out of cover or something. And I'm like, oh my God, I uh, didn't think you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so it's cool. It's, it's, it was actually really cool and really uh, scary at times. Cause I was like, oh man, he's got so many bodies on the center objective. And this is like a gun line. I didn't think this was going to happen. He's forming a new gun line. 
I especially like to do stuff like that with Empire with yeah. their I mean, getting them into melee isn't bad. Like right, you might lose some no. dice from the heavies and stuff, but yeah. now you're rolling black dice, that's surge. And with, you have red, red defense. defense. Dice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So exactly. it's like you can do some stuff that I mean, that's not what you think Empire's gonna do, right? You don't think they're gonna run up and tie you up in melee. Mm-hmm. You think they're just going to shoot at you because that's what Empire like does, right? Is they're they're like a gunline faction for sure. Yep. But it doesn't mean they can't do the other thing. <laughs> oh, and then one last thing to touch on that uh, was that the uh, he had Death Troopers that were using their range two guns at one point. Oh yeah. And I thought, oh, that's right. <laughs> you guys have those. Yes. And I was like, oh god. I hope I hope I don't die. I, I there was a lot of death, both sides. Anyway, um, but yeah. So all my games were fun in round one. Uh, hashtag best spin, and uh, I can't wait for round two. So that ended up being a long, little bit longer of a report because <laughs> I just wanted to talk about the games because I had so much fun with all of them. But um, I say we talk about our captors now, Paul. Yeah, I think we probably should. So we've been fully spoiled to show the uh, Black Sun Enforcer core unit that's coming out in the Shadow Collective and all their upgrades that they come with. And as of time of recording, we just got the full spoiled Pike Syndicate cards, which we've had before, but we now have their points. So now people can start playing around with them in, in list building. Uh, so, yeah. so why don't we go ahead and start with those Pikes, just because we've seen them before. Yeah. So we now know that they are going to be playable in all factions. So Rebels, Empire, Clones, and Droids. You are going to be able to take Pike Syndicate Foot Soldiers in whatever you're currently playing. Mm-hmm. They've got a heavy option, an extra trooper, a gear, and a grenade. They've got, for 40 points, Danger Sense 2, Outmaneuver. Self-preservation, which is a new keyword, and independent dodge one, which is also a new keyword. All of those, uh, all of those keywords for their basic core unit. They have white defense die, one health, one courage. They surge on defense, speed two, basic guns, one to three, black, basic melee, two white. So, oh, and there's four models in the base squad. So, Paul, you were kind of saying this beforehand, but like, that is a lot of keywords for just a basic unit. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that, about like the keywords that they're going to have just just out the gate without any upgrades? Yeah, I mean it's really interesting. They should, I mean they're they're the price of rebel troopers, man. Like mm-hmm. right, they seem more powerful than rebel troopers to me. But I mean, I could be wrong. Like we haven't seen a whole lot of them on the table, right? So. I, I know the self-preservation is kind of a negative keyword, but I feel like these other ones are really good. Having built-in outmaneuver, like, that's two points, right? Like, that's yep. that's two points in a, a slot that they don't have um, yeah. that is already on them. Honestly, the independent dodge one, like, I feel like these troops, you're just going to be doing that, right? You're going to build your list around not giving the core troopers orders so they're like you're trying to get them to be like one if not the only thing in your pool so that way they're getting all these tokens for free mm-hmm. and then danger sense too is just nice like it's just gonna make them more survivable right 
Right. Actually, Paul, I have a question. I don't think I've looked this up. Can, do you know, can you opt to just not give orders on your card? Like, if you had, like, if you had three units left or something on in your army, like, late game, and then you played Assault and you had to give out three orders, could you just give two of them out and then just not give a third one out? Or do you have you know, to? That is an interesting question, and I don't know the answer to that. All right, fair enough. Without Here's double your, checking. Uh, that'll be this month's Dice Time, dice time Homework. <laughs> yeah. you have to look that up. Yeah, because it would be interesting. But then again, too, you think about, like, how many times are you running a character who's, like, an operative or even a commander that has a card that only gives an order to them, right? All the time. Right. Like, I mean, like, Amal, who has a bunch of one pips, right? And, but yep. they all just give him orders or maybe one other unit. Like, so it's not... It's not like you have a bunch of activation control with him anyway. And so these guys just benefit from that, right? Like both, both mm-hmm. the Black Suns and the Pike. So I just feel like we're going to see some interesting stuff with people doing some of the opposites, right? We, right now I feel like, well, at least I've seen or played, you know, like things like Rebel Vets or the Shore Troopers who, you want to give them orders, right? You want to have the orders on them because they get benefits for getting orders. And right. now here we're seeing the reverse. And so I just think it's going to add to some play styles or in combinations, right? Maybe you have um, two squads of rebel veterans and then two groups of pike syndicate. And you're going to always try to give your veterans the order so that way they give the dodge tokens and not give the pikes orders so that way they get dodge tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see like what kind of combinations people come up with um, and just the way these guys are going to work in other factions is going to be really interesting. Now, the thing that I heard as of today as well, and I think this was said on a stream, so this is secondhand knowledge because... It was passed from streamers to dedicated watchers and then passed on to me. But I think that they said that there's going to be some kind of restriction in list building when you take Pikes or Black Sun or anything like that, where you're going to have to pay for at least three core from the faction that you're already playing before you get access to these guys. So you can't just play Empire and not bring any Stormtroopers and only bring Pike like six units of Pike Syndicate. That that's not going to be a thing, right? Fortunate <laughs> for me anyway. I was thinking yeah. about doing that kind of thing, but when I look at, but like when like the kind of stuff you were talking about, when I look at the points of how much these guys cost, and then all the stuff that they get just for free, it's it it kind of seems like it's a fair it's a fair tax, you know. These these yeah. kind of do feel like elite core. Yeah, they they do seem quite good for their points, at least from what I have seen here. Um, and then, we'll, like, we're going to get into their upgrades here pretty soon. I think their upgrades are really quite good. Yeah, so they have the two heavy options. They have the Electro Whip and the Disruptor. Yeah. And then their two core options, like their two added-on guy options, are the uh, Foot Soldier and the Capo. The capo can be taken as his own commander, but uh, we're just talking about the upgrade right now. And then, yeah, that's kind of all specific for them, although they did spoil off a new gear card, which is called Prepared Supplies, which we can talk about later. But yeah. uh, the 
Disruptor, I think, is a cool one to talk about. There's a range one to four, one red, two black, impact one for 24 points. Pretty cool. Yeah, seems really good for 24 points. A range yeah. four weapon with impact, and then the dice pool is nice, right? The three, dice pool is or good. Three dice, one red, two blacks. Yeah. And really, I mean, you're probably going to be having these guys at range three, right? And so they're just going to add more blacks to that. So I Unless, mean, of course, you're taking the Electro Whip. That's true. Because then these guys are almost a melee threat at that point. (laughs) Yeah, then you're probably running them up much closer. Range melee to one, two red, and it has immobilize one and suppressive. And this is ten points. Yeah, it seems really good for... It's really good. (laughs) I mean, because essentially if if you're at the point where you're just wanting to add like an extra body and you don't have or don't want to spend the points on a really big heavy weapon like 10 points like that's you know one point more than the extra body you can get with yeah and it comes with a really nice melee weapon too right and and it's not you're not restricted to using just that right it could right it's not a sidearm it could just be a 10 point body that shoots another range three gun for you which is actually quite cheap i mean you're looking at this right if you put the electro whip and the extra guy in there, that's another 19 points. You're looking at 59 points for six guys, and then you have... All those keywords and... Yeah, all those keywords, and if you happen to get close, immobilize and suppressive, like, do you really want to get close to those? Right, Probably I was going to say, not. here comes the force <laughs> user to cut through your ranks, but then here are all these Pike Syndicate warriors with whips. <laughs> right. And you're and, like, oh, no, I can get immobilized and suppressed the crap out of them as soon as three of them all gang up on me. Right, and most of them are going to probably have a dodge from independent and the outmaneuver, so you're probably not going to kill the entire squad in one swing. And right? aim from the <laughs> extra body. Right, so... So um, they're going to whip you better. <laughs> right, and potentially from that prepared supplies card that you said we would talk about, another dodge. Like, they, that first hit could be... Not a whole lot against them, and then they could come back with that Electro Whip, right? Yeah. Yep. There's there there's going to be some interesting loadouts, I think, that we're going to see. Um, and I would not be surprised to see a lot of 59.6 model Pike Syndicate units. Personally, my loadout that I'm looking at is, uh, I think, 62 points. But we'll, I'll, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. But the, so there's, yeah, so the foot soldier has, uh, is nine points and he brings, uh, cash one or cash aim one. So cash is another new keyword, which yeah. is basically that during setup you place one kind of whatever token it says on that upgrade card. And if at any point you can spend that. And so when you spend that, you can, uh, you're, or when you don't spend it, you're not losing it at the end of your round. You're able to keep it for whenever, which is what I was telling people is honestly just like you're just paying for an action that you don't have to take, which depending on your game, you're only going to take 10 to 12 actions. Even if you survive the entire game, why not get some of those for free? Yeah. Yeah. And really, like, what what are you looking at? Right. I mean, it's nine points for the extra body and that extra ability. For an aim token that you can use at any point during the game that you might want. Yeah, and you will use one. 
it, it, it kind of goes to the, like, you know, the clone trooper specialist, for instance, right? That has the exhaust and gives you the tokens or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know about other people, but I don't recover that unit very often unless I can get a free recover. Like, yeah. you're just spending the extra point for that one-off dodge or one-off surge token or aim or, you know, whatever it might be for that specialist. So yep. this, this is essentially the same thing, except you're limited to one token, right? And I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, I was like, gonna say, depending on the, um, depending on the, well, I mean, on the foot soldier, yeah, but on the, uh, the upgrade, which is called prepared supplies. Oh, I guess I didn't say what the capo does. Uh, the capo brings independent surge one, which is they had an independent or they had independent dodge, um, and it's their leader. So yeah, it gives them yeah plus 16. one courage. The independent surge leader sixteen points. Again, oh, I didn't see the courage thing. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. seems makes really sense. good, right? <laughs> Again, yeah, um, for, for, for sixteen points. And then it, it just incentivizes you even more so not to put orders on them, right? Because now they're mm-hmm. going to get a dodge and a surge. <laughs> so yeah, it seems pretty good. So yeah, this neutral upgrade, which is a gear upgrade called prepared supplies. Uh, also came out or comes out with the pikes, uh, and it gives them cash dodge one. So cash being that keyword we talked about just a minute ago. And so at, during setup, you'll place one dodge token on that card, and you can spend tokens on that card. So one of the things that people were talking about right out the gate when they dropped this were characters that have nimble uh, being able to take this. So let me just especially quickly, ones that can also take vigilance. Yeah. Right. So I was going to say, so let's quickly just run through this real quick. If you really want to dive down the uh, nimble nimble supplies uh, route. So to be very clear for everyone that needs to that, that like that sometimes need to hear how some rule interactions work. Yes, you will have a dodge token at the start of the game that you can use at any time. But being a nimble character, I want you to know that when you spend that dodge, you do spend it. And then you gain a dodge token back. So how that rule interaction is going to look like is we're going to, I don't know, let's pick Sabine. I don't know why. I just want to pick Sabine (laughs) as an example. No idea why. Um, But we're going to use her as an example. She goes into battle and she gets shot at. She doesn't have a dodge token or anything on her. She just has a dodge from this prepared supplies. So I'm going to spend the dodge token from prepared supplies I spend it, I do the defense roll, we do our combat, whatever, we're good. At the end of their attack, I'm going to get that dodge token back, but it's not going to go on prepared supplies. It's going to go on Sabine because of how the uh, the wording is. You know, when you spend a dodge token, you gain uh, you gain a dodge token back. It's not – you don't gain tokens and put them on your upgrade cards. When you gain tokens, you gain them on yourself. So now that dodge is in play. Now, for the rest of that turn, you're going to have nimble and you're going to be good, uh, and you're going to keep that dodge token, but then when the turn is over and you do your token cleanup, that dodge is coming off the table. Yeah. Unless, of course, you have Vigilance, which then it's a pretty sweet combo. So, yeah, so I'm wondering, I'm oh, wondering what the odds are that um, we get some kind of command card somewhere along the way that allows you to refill these tokens on these the cards. The cash? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I see that they're just a cheap little thing to do one token one time, and I think that's okay. I don't know if I necessarily need my cash to get refilled. But it would be kind of fun if there was, like, 
some kind of some kind of thing that did that. Um, Maybe counter counteracted their uh, independent abilities and make it so it can refill those cash um, cards when you get an order. When you get an order. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so that way you have to be like, okay, well, I'm not getting all my tokens this turn, but that's so I can get all these tokens like maybe later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. It'd be interesting if they had a character who was kind of like uh, <gasps> Hondo. Like a, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool, right? Like Hondo, Hondo should Hondo refill caches. Like, like a supply card, right? Like he supplies people <laughs> with all the stuff that they need. <laughs> oh my god. Dice Talk figured it out. We cracked the code. <laughs> oh man, Honda yeah. is going to have command cards that are like all your care, all your characters' cash recar- cards are refilled. You you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> Honda is going to refill caches. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh man, that's that's awesome. I actually like since they've announced like the the scum faction stuff that I I'm really excited to see whatever they do with Hondo cuz now oh, we have Mercs. Yeah, that can go in some, any faction. There's going to be some really interesting things for sure. Yeah. And they can they, they just open the doors wide open for all kinds of cross faction characters and and things like that with the new the new symbols on these cards, right? Like that mm-hmm. have Yep. The little, like, what faction they can go in, it's going to make it much easier for those characters like a Hondo or an Ahsoka or, you know, things like that that can go in multiple different factions and yeah. not not have to worry about multiple cards and all that. Like, nope, you just get this one card. It just has the multiple faction symbols on it. You're good to go. Like, R2 and 3PO are literally identical except for what faction they are in. And I think the right. points are the same. I think their faction, I think all their keywords and everything are completely the same. So, like, they could have just done, yeah, R2 and 3PO and maybe just given them these little faction symbols like that. Yep, I've just been done with it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, let's go oh, to go Black ahead. Sun. Yeah, let's go to Black Sun. So, Black Sun Enforcers were shown off between the last show and now, and they're all new. So, they are 48 points. They have uh, four units, or four models in their unit, a heavy option, an extra guy option, a gear, and a grenade, just like the Pikes. Their keywords, however, are Dauntless, Independent Aim 1, precise, and then they also have self-preservation. They have red defense dice, one health, one courage, no surges, two speed, range one to two blasters, black and white, and red die in combat, in close quarters combat. I think Uh, one other key thing to mention here is that the two factions that they can go in are Imperial and Separatist. That is true. So they will not be available to Rebels or to Republic. the Republic, yeah, which I'm honestly very thankful for. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not so much in Rebels because I, because I love playing my Rebels, but I mean, I think this is fair. It's and it seems a little bit more thematic, right? Right. Uh, I mean, exactly. this is like where they fit into things, right? I, and I honestly appreciate that they keep that kind of thing going, where it's like thematically you're not going to see Black Sun in Republic, so we're not going to put him there. But then they also find a way to make sure that they balance out with the factions that they are in. So I think that that's something nice to see. I don't yeah. know necessarily thematically that I would have seen Pikes in the Republic or Pikes with the Rebels, but, you know, they got to get somebody, right? Yeah, I 
I, I guess my view of them is I feel like the Pikes are a lot more opportunistic than Black Sun is. Right. But, I just yeah, that's fair. I think that yeah, I think that makes sense. So, so again, these these keywords, man. Uh, you're getting a lot of keywords for the price here. <laughs> <laughs> Dauntless seems good, especially on a, a unit that has a range two max weapon, right? Like mm-hmm. you you want to be able to keep moving if you need to, and that may be getting suppressed a lot because of self preservation, not really allowing them to be freed up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's just a, I mean, in general, that's a really cool keyword that we don't see very often, right? Yep. And, um, it'll be really interesting to see that on core units. Cause lots of, how many times do you have a core unit that only has the one courage and you're like, man, I really need this two actions. I just need to roll off this one suppression to get these All two the actions, right? All and the these guys have a much better chance of doing that, right? So. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be, if you want some good, solid units that you're going to keep the activations up with, like, this is going to be a really, really clutch unit, I think, to be scoring objectives and things like that. And maybe that's what they're in your list for, right? Like a tanky objective scorer, um, if nothing else. Uh, so that's, yeah, really interesting. Um, and then, obviously, independent aim is going to be good. <laughs> um, gives them... Especially with the the combination of precise, right? Like you're uh-huh. you're instantly just by not giving them an order able to reroll three dice. Seems strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to be pretty pretty scary force to come up against if you come into range with them. I've basically we've basically been comparing them to uh, better fleet troopers. Yes. Well, uh, part of that is because of the range, right? Like, and we're, we right. guess I, we can go into their their upgrades, right? Because, yeah. spoiler alert, they don't have range. <laughs> range nope. two is it for them. <laughs> so, so they fill a similar role to what the fleet troopers have, especially because they also have a scatter gun. They do, um, and then they also have the magnet enforcer as their two heavy options. Um, so the scatter gun is, if you had to guess then you're probably right. It's almost exactly <laughs> the same as the uh, Fleet Trooper. It is two red, range one to two, with Pierce one. And that is currently listed as 28 points. So it's a little more expensive than the Rebel Trooper version, right? But True. You're, getting, you're getting the black, or the black, the red saves in there with, so, yeah. <laughs> with that scatter gun, which is quite good because, I mean, I feel like we all know one of the reasons why Fleet Troopers just don't see the light of day as much is because they can't survive lots of times to get in to do their damage, right? right. And here right. the Black Sun are making up for that with Dauntless and Red Saves. So then we've got the Magnet Enforcer, who's strictly range one. Looks like a Grenader of some kind. A grenadier. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he's got three Black um, Blast. And impact three, all for 14 points. Yeah, for 14 points. I mean, it's essentially like putting a grenade on a unit, right? Like, yeah, if you it's like putting the extra body with the grenade, a grenade built into him, except it's a much better grenade (laughs) for what? Maybe even a couple points more. If that it might it might actually be pretty even compared to the 
the unit and just how much of the base unit would cost anyway. Mm-hmm. Seems quite good uh, to have that utility of blast and impact three on three black dice. And again, it's not that's not the only weapon that person can use. So they still have the normal range two gun that all the black sun enforcers do, right? So yep. and just an extra body. Red close combat. Like yep, just in case. Yeah. Not bad. In case your sure. opponent's, in case your opponent's force user is like, you know what, I need to chop these red dice in half so he gets into melee with you. But maybe if you have, uh, good saves, a black sun enforcer to help you dodge because that's an extra body option, then maybe you can, uh, maybe you can live and then you're throwing red dice back at him in melee. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the enforcer is the extra body. He's 11 points and he gives them cash one. Or I cat I keep saying cash one and skipping what kind it is cash dodge one, so one dodge. so the so the other version uh you know the Pike Syndicate gets the aim yeah they just they they get, ha- they get both right like innately Pikes get dodge and then can get the aim and the cash and the Black Suns are the, the opposite right yeah yep. and then their other more elite. Extra body is the Black Sun Vigo, which will also be a commander option, but we have not seen his card yet. Um, he is, he does the same thing. He increases their courage by one, gives them independent surge one, and leader. Yep, uh, t- He's two an extra points. Body. Yep, two points more expensive than Pike Syndicate coming in at 18 points, but you're getting it for the red save, right? You're paying the two points for the red save. Right. So there's some absolutely scary stuff you could do. Actually, Paul. That one squad of pike pikes who grabbed me. I'm starting to remember what they uh, what they were kitted out with. Maybe you can remember what the Black Sun squad that grabbed you kind of had. I recall that yeah. my pike syndicate was like somewhere around 62 points worth, and they had an electro whip, an extra foot soldier, and a new grenade that just got uh, released today. The Sonic Imploders. That's how they got the drop on me. Uh, so just another fun, quick little upgrade they got announced today. Sonic Imploders are a new grenade that'll be three points. They are range one, one black dice, and they will give you suppressive, which I think is an awesome thing to have on grenades. And the reason that I, uh, the reason that I would put them on this Pike squad is just to make them that much scarier at range one as a melee threat. So now you've got the Electro Whip, which is giving you immobilize and suppressive. And then uh, the Sonic Imploders, those might, I don't know if Suppressive stacks, but if Suppressive can stack to two, that's a lot of suppression. Yeah. Honestly going to have to be a rules question, because I don't know if Suppression stacks or Suppressive stacks, but if it does, whew. So I'm just going to lay that out there before it gets canceled. I was was thinking, uh, you know, very similar on the Black Sun. Over there, you got the Magdet Enforcer with the, and then with the Sonic Imploder upgrade. So if you're at range one, you got Blast, Impact 3, and Suppressive. Yep. Also that seems pretty decent. <laughs> in which case, I'm starting to see a theme. I think they're catching us off guard with these Sonic Imploders, so we're going to have to watch out for that next time. Yes. Uh, All right, so... Um, Paul, do you have any ideas of like where you kind of would slot these guys in and what lists you want to see them in? 
everywhere. Factions everywhere. <laughs> just put them everywhere. They're so good. Put them in all the things. Um, no, I mean, I think that um, it's going to be really interesting to see, again, like combinations of like where people put these. You know, you have the Pike Syndicate. You know, they have some more range for threat um, for a fairly good price. Um, so I would not be surprised to see some of those just like hanging out, even just a, like, a, you know, a unit or two in the backfield with that range four gun with some impact. Um, uh-huh. I would not be surprised to see, like I had, I had briefly mentioned on the black sun side, having, uh, you know, a squad or two of black sun enforcers in some of these lists as, you know, objective like grabbers and holders and stuff like yeah. that, especially, um, especially Black Sun, I think it'll be interesting to see if they fit into that uh, CIS um, kind of area because now CIS could potentially have access to a core unit that has red saves. You know, That's something true. that they're not used to being a tanky faction, but now all of a sudden you could take half of their core that could survive some hits um and, and hang on to some of those objectives that normally the droids start falling off of. And talk about uh, peak hostage exchange unit. Oh yeah, for those They're, two for those two factions. Yeah, especially with those range one weapons, right? Like, oh man, that electro whip on a hostage exchange unit. You just like immob- <laughs> immobilize and suppress units on your way out. Uh, <laughs> Or just whip your opponent's uh, hostage so they can't run. Oh, I guess they get to run on round one, but after right. that, no more. After that, the whips. But you could you still get the I whips. Mean, you could still be in range of them, right? You know, That's in true. turn two. Yep. Yes, you could. Then you just have to win that draw. And that's Legion. Now we're just yeah. talking Legion. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what what kind of things people do. And like you were saying, maybe, you know, for stuff like hostage exchange, maybe you do just put, uh, you know, especially like, a like again, CIS faction, maybe you do just put a Black Sun Enforcer unit in there with the, you know, for, for hostage exchange stuff. So that way you have a unit that can absorb some hits on the way out. Or get into a force user and maybe not die right away. <laughs> <laughs> maybe scare them. Right. Well, and right. I mean, I think one of the things that you can do with that house for hostage exchange, especially is when a really good force user is in on you, they can do the, you know, kind of standby shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're punching them with red dice from a black sun enforcer, they might want not want to just stand there and get punched all day anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or even like the electro whip. Anymore. Right? Even the electro whip. Like two reds and then two whites per model in there. You could put out quite a bit of damage, um, you know, just being in, in melee yeah. with a force user like that. So, yeah, there's some really interesting things. And then, again, like the, the cash being able to, like, pull aims out without taking the action. That's interesting against standbys and things like that as well, right? Yeah, especially when you get the drop on you from a force user and you're like, oh, I don't have time to aim because if I do, they're going to pull standby and then I just get screwed. Now you just have it. Now you're just ready to go. 
Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see like some of those interactions and how things work and how it changes up how you play certain, you know, scenarios or, you know, certain situations that you come across on the on the battlefield. And I think the both of these units, the Black Sun and Pike, are just going to add options to all the factions, right? And I think yep. uh, this is my guess. My guess is we're going to see them. Um, I think there's still going to be lists that are just running like you know, the three basic core units and they're going to go with all the other stuff that they want to go with. Right. right? There's still going to be plenty of those because you want to focus on other things. Um, You want to double down on other units or other, you know, parts of your list. But I think we're going to see a lot of, of these new guys just in all, in all the factions. I think they, they have a place everywhere. Um, And it's just, again, how are you using them and what are you putting them in your list for? I think there's going to be a purpose for each one in there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what people come up with and just how they're used and um, what they're used for. And yeah I'm, yeah, I'm excited and it'll be interesting to see what people come up with, with even just running them all together. Right. Like, well, are you running, are you running capos? Of, are you running basic troops? Who knows? Since you say that, Running what people come up with, running them all together. Uh, I will get my foot in the door on two lists that I've already that I already know that I want to run uh, oh. when all these guys come out. Uh, it's going to be expensive as heck in real life, but you know what? I'll I'll slowly get there, and when I get there, it'll be game over. Uh, pretty sure both of them are going to have to run in Shadow Collective faction explicitly, knowing now this new rule of not being able to take all the all those core without. Uh, faction specific tax first. Sure. So um, I know one of them I was talking about last time until I get a snap of your name for it. It's just going to be Tatooine belongs to the syndicate and it's going to be uh, a capo and six different ways to re- six different Pike foot soldiers and Cad Bane. And it's just going to be a book of Boba Fett list. But we were talking about it earlier and Paul just made me think of like the best thing that I could sneak in because it wasn't really fitting up to 800 points yet. I originally had two capos, and if I cut one capo down, I could maybe squeeze two AA5s in there because we now know that those are going to be multi-faction with Rebels and, I'm guessing, also Scum. So if that's the case, then I'm going to run AA5s in there. And I told Paul, I said, that'll be my uh, that'll be my hover train. I'll just run them, like, front to back, back, at, like, in a little line, and they'll just be my hover train, and I'll have pikes in it. <laughs> Yeah, and can you imagine getting an Electro Whip Pike out of that thing yep. and Electro Whipping somebody? When the train crashes into you and Pikes with whips jump out, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, while the rest of your Pikes with their disruptor rifles are hanging out in the back shooting you at range four. Yep, yep. And then Cad Bane doing his Cad Bane shenanigans. Oh, yeah, and that and, and again, that's a that's a perfect opportunity to run uh, a model right that. All of your core units are going to be getting their independent because Cad Bane has a lot of orders that just give to him. That are just right? Cad Bane. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're going to see a lot of that. Um, yeah, I that's think that's actually not be, a terrible list. I think I think it'll actually be pretty fun, and it might have might hold its own. Oh, for sure. No, I think I think that that could be very fun, and like you said, might be a little expensive in real life, but it it would be cool. It'd be cool I'll to see there. on the table. I'll get there. I'll be the one. I'll be the first one to bring it to a major. There you go. And people will be like, "Wow, you bought six foot soldier, six pike foot soldiers for this just for this list." 
No, you're. I mean, you're going to buy six core boxes, right? Right, essentially. I mean, I might as well, because my other list is also going to be a little expensive, because it's a skirmish list. So I got one 800-point list and one skirmish list for y'all, in case you only play one or the other. But uh, I'm calling it Black Hole Sun, and it is just Black Sun. Like, like two Vigos, I don't know what they're going to call Well, it's just going to be one Vigo, I guess, because you can only take one commander. But, like, one Vigo, and then I just want to bring four Black Sun Enforcers with scatter guns, or maybe Magnet Enforcers, maybe two and two. But I just want to run a whole Black Sun skirmish list, because right now I run the Tanta 4 team, which is my Rebel Leia, R2-3PO, and then four Fleet Troopers with scatter guns and different upgrades list. And that is so much fun to play in skirmish, because you can get to range two in turn one or or start a turn two, depending on how your opponent plays and how the map plays out, you can get to that range, like, turn one or turn two, and you can start firing away. So just bringing excess of it ensures that you're going to be using it to its full power and its full devastation on your opponent. Uh, and it's pretty scary. And Black Sun are just kind of better fleet troopers. So if I just bring nothing but Black Sun for, for skirmish, that's going to be fun. I'm actually really looking forward to doing that. Yeah, you could, depending on how other things shake out that come out, uh, like what other options for commanders or operatives or whatever that you might have, um, you might be able to fit, you know, something else other than the capo and your black sun enforcers in there. Yeah. <sighs> and then I think you were kind of saying earlier, like, wouldn't it be fun to run an 800 point list of just like 400 points of pikes and 400 points of black sun and then just play them on opposite ends of the board? <laughs> Yeah, and just see who can, who they can just kill compete. more. <laughs> yeah, and they're just competing to see who can kill more. <laughs> yeah, you could just have a you could just have fun in all of your games, right? And you could keep track of like how many victory points each side <laughs> scores, how many kills each side gets. We're gonna see who does better at the end of the day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I that would be fun. Like if you were just going to a fun event to do that, eight hundred points, you split them right down the middle. And just keep track of all their points and stuff. I would do that. That'd be fun. It's a three-way fight. Not only are you going to be facing, or not only will I be fighting you, your one faction, but then you're also facing Pikes and Black Sun. <laughs> oh, three-way man. cage match. There's gonna be there's gonna be some cool stuff. I'm I'm excited. Yep. I'm, excited I'm excited to continue to see as stuff comes out. It'll be interesting to see the um, Black Sun Vigo and when they. Like actually put his, uh, you know. I need him out uh, so I can make my skirmish list already. Yeah, so you can you can <laughs> see what the commander like does for that. Yes. I mean, uh, again, I I'm assuming we're gonna see something very similar to the Pike Syndicate. I oh, would I'm not, sure. I would not be surprised, right? It's gonna it's gonna have independent aim one. It's gonna have probably the same. It's probably gonna have that same ability at the top where they can pass their tokens to other people and get suppression, like, right, when they would get them. Yep. And instead of Danger 2, what? Probably Dauntless, Dauntless. right? Dauntless, right. I mean... They might even I've, have Precise. He might even have Precise. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, who knows? And then I wouldn't be surprised to see him again, like, with the Range 2 gun, um, maybe, like, a 3-black Range 2 gun or something like that, or... A red and maybe four a rainbow, health, two a courage. red, black, white, yeah, four health, two courage, red, save. I mean, same as what we're seeing, right? Just right. very, I think it's going to be very similar. Obviously, 
a little bit more points than the Pike one because of the red saves. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty, pretty standard there, but. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I think I'm, ex- we're, we're both excited to see where they uh, roll out and uh, I'm excited to see where the scum will lead us coming in the summer. Yeah. We'll uh, definitely be, I think we'll have at least like one or two more shows, at least one, but maybe two more shows before, uh, before they all come out. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on to our last little topic here. And, uh, and we've already gone for a little bit of time, but I mean, I'd still like to take a little bit of time on this topic just because I feel like it's semi important, if not important to some people's lives and specifically in Legion. If it hasn't happened to you yet, you know, it probably will. So stick around. Um, but we're going to be talking about burnout, specifically hobby burnout. So this is the this is referring to the kind of uh, feeling that you get when you're playing or when you're doing anything with your hobby, thinking, playing, doing, you know, anything that refers to or any any part of your hobby where you just start to feel kind of drained on it. You know, you're feeling like it's becoming it's taking so much out of you you feel like you're having to do so much of it and you feel like you have to like it's starting to feel like work which is not what your hobby is supposed to be so what can you do to try and fix that i would like to lead the topic in paul by saying i think we have both experienced burnout specifically with legion oh for sure Definitely. And that's right. We're still doing a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's because burnout comes and goes, you know, it's not temporary. It is temporary. It is not forever. Yeah. Um, especially, especially yeah. if you do some of the things that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. um, it can really help not make it last forever. Right. There, there are some times where things like burnout can last forever, but there are also some things you can do to mitigate some of that. So I'll say that I've kind of felt a little bit of hobby burnout as far as painting has gone recently because I have, because I hit a stride recently and like in this past month where I was painting, where I was like cranking out models. Like I got excited for, uh, the Black Sun and the Pikes and everything got announced and, you know, Shadow Collective all got mainly shown off, all the new images that were shown and stuff. And I got so excited and I was just like, oh, man, I have to make room in my painting queue for them to show up. So I just started cranking out old models that I still hadn't done. So I did like a bunch of Empire stuff. I got uh, some snow troopers cranked out in like two nights. Uh, I got my uh, Imperial... Uh, the Stormtrooper expansion and then like with the captain and all them. Yeah. Uh, I also did the droid equivalent of that because uh, we were going to an event and literally the night before Caleb was like, actually, I want to try this OOM. Do you have the card? And I was like, yep. But if I open this box, I got to paint all the models. So give me a minute. <laughs> Painted all them up. I mean, B1s are easy. That wasn't fair, but um, uh, and I think, I think I painted up some, no, I think that's the majority of what I did. And then I was like, oh man, I am on this like painting high right now. Uh, oh, I also did some characters. I remember that. So I did have a, I was going in a pretty good, pretty good streak. And, I, and then I was like, now I'm going to tackle shore troopers. And I broke that box out, assembled them, and then like started to do the first bit of black on them. 
like for their lens and their undersuit and stuff. And then I just hit a wall. And as of time of recording, I'm still in that wall. Uh, cause every time I think about going back to the short troopers, it feels like it's going to be work. And I like don't want to do it. Like I want the short troopers to be done, obviously, and I want to play with them, but like painting them, even though I love painting, specifically right now, the shores just feel like a lot. Yeah. And so that's kind of like where I'm at right now. And, you know, Trista's been like, why don't you just open another box of something else and like move on to something you want to paint more? And then I'm like, because my OCD will say, no, you already have something open. You have to finish it before you move on to something else. It's a, it's a factory line. You can't just jump and skip around. I mean, I can. I, and I honestly might. I think I might like, cave and like paint Kalani or something just to give me like a one model thing to do. Yeah. And then maybe that'll get me back in the swing of it. But, um, how about you, Paul? What's, is there, is there stuff that you felt like you've had a similar experience on something like that? Well, you're just making me, I'm sitting here at my desk, just like staring up at all my Legion boxes, (laughs) partially open, some in shrink wrap, And, yeah, like, some models, like, that are half put together and half painted, bases not done, and, like, oh, man, so much to do. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like especially that's as I'm looking at my group of stuff here, like, I have clones that I still haven't painted, but it's, like, I painted so many of them and painting the same like couple of colors, you know, oh, yeah. clones or like stormtroopers, like things like that. It can be so monotonous, just like sitting and painting the same two colors mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Oh, um, yeah. And just yeah, like I I know recently, like I had to separate from that like painting that side of painting. And I was just like, I need something different and just changed and did, um, I mean, I painted some models from a different game from Lord of the Rings, but I also did, um, and I've talked about this a little bit, I think, uh, a, a different color scheme than I'm used to. I tend to do a lot of like blues, purples, like yeah. that, that shade of thing. Um, and the Lord of the Rings army that I did recently was a completely fall themed, um, color. So even just that, like change up the, the schemes that you are using, do something different, you know, change, you know, I'm, and I know some people are like this, right? Like you're going to paint stuff to Canon and, and by all means, but instead of painting a white stormtrooper again, like switch over, paint up a rebel trooper unit, like, or paint, like you said, Paint up a, you know, paint up an operative or something. Paint up a, a Boba Fett. So that way you can get out of painting straight white for the, you know, 40th time on a Stormtrooper right. unit. You yeah. know, just give yourself a break. It's it's okay. And it's okay to just not paint for a while. Yeah. Or not, not hobby, not put models together. Honestly, not even play the game. If you need a break, like, that's okay. It's okay to let yourself take a break because like you said, I think one of the most important parts is like, this is our hobby, right? Right. Um, It should feel that way. And and if you do the, if you do Legion for a living, let me know how you figured that one out. Um, (laughs) 
because, uh, you know, I'd be happy to quit my job and make just as much money, you know, playing with plastic models and stuff like that. But, right. um, <laughs> um uh, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I was going to say it's absolutely, we're not just speaking to the burnout of painting because maybe you're somebody who like got somebody commissioned, you commissioned your stuff done. So like all your stuff's already painted because you just don't want to do that part of the hobby. That's fine too. The, yeah. You can you can still get burnt out on playing. And honestly, I think that is something that probably affects people more because there's a lot of people who get in so many reps with a game to get ready for these tournaments and then they burn themselves out just by doing those reps. Yeah. Like they they got to play I like I got to play 40 games with this list before I go to this tournament and it's like for, first off for me I'm like that's insane. Uh I mean, if you have the time for that, then more power to you. That's awesome. If you have, you have a great set of friends, sir. Uh, <laughs> but I'm personally like, if I played that many games, I could totally understand getting burnt out on it because, you know, you've played the exact same thing. If you want to stay within Legion, try playing a different faction or playing a different style of list. Like we were talking about earlier, a melee list versus a gun line. Like try a different tactic. And yeah, that's absolutely. just if you want to stay playing Legion. Like, if you don't feel like Legion is work, but you just feel like what you're doing in it is work, just play something different. If you feel like Legion is work, then, you know, we have some recommendations for you. <laughs> like yeah. Paul was saying earlier, you can take a break by playing, like, a different game. Um, you could just actually take a break from playing games in general if you feel like that's monotonous and that's what you need as a break from, and that's totally okay. Yeah, we're getting we're getting to that time of year, right, where it's well, at least in our area, yep. it's finally starting to. Sorry, Canada. St- we we can't say this too loudly in in our area because winter might hear us and <laughs> come back and smack us in the face tomorrow morning. But um, actually, actually, it, as, it is as a time of it, it is going to. <laughs> Over the weekend, it was nice, and my wife put my winter coat away, and now here we are. It's cold again, so I blame her. See, winter new, winter new. We just can't, we can't talk about winter. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it's getting nicer out. It's okay. Like, take a break. Go, you know, do something outside. Go hang out with your family. Go hang out with your friends. Go, um, you know, have a cookout. Like, what, whatever it is, whatever it is that you do, go kayaking. You know, I don't know. That's a, those are the things that I do. Go camping. Go kayaking. Sure. Um, you know, it's okay. Like, it's okay to take a break. Like, you can come back. It's like the the game. Here's the thing. It's Star Wars. Yeah. They're they're still coming out with new stuff. They're gonna keep coming out with new stuff. Yeah. It's this game. I just don't see this game going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. It will be here. And here's the thing, even if it starts to dwindle, I think we've talked about this before too. There are people who are going to keep it going. Yeah, there will the there will be a die. yes, there will be a community even if they have to 3D print models and make up their own rules like yep. there are going to be They'll people who do it because it's Star Wars, right? There's yep. so much in the universe that we can um touch on and play with and people can create and it's it's going to be around. It's okay. It's Paul, o- and Paul, <laughs> even if it becomes illegal in this country <laughs> or any country to play Legion, by God, it, the community will we will we will find a we will find a speakeasy to play Legion at. Yes, there will be Legion speakeasies <laughs> everywhere. 
Uh, it'll be great. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's uh, all the things that we've, we've talked about are different ways that you can, you know, work, work through it if that's what you want to do. And, yep. and that's the other thing too, is if at some point you have to step away, like that's okay. Like you can yep. put your stuff in a box and save it for later. You can sell it. And, you know, if that's what, what kind of break you need, you know, you got to do you, you have to do what is, what is ever going to keep you um, sane and healthy, right? <laughs> like, right. We, exactly. We change what we do. Like, I don't, I, I love tabletop war games. Like I, yeah. but I didn't always, I didn't know I even liked them for the longest of times. Um, but I still have other things that I really enjoy doing too. And so we, you can do those. It's, it's good. And I think one of the biggest things that you can do too is, and I think this goes, I'm, I'm going to get a l- little more like personal about it too. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't even have to be hobby related. If you're no, getting burnt out with something, like I, I see this all the time at my work. I see a lot of things at my job that um, most people would just not understand. Um, and a lot of people have different stressors or things like that, you know, in, in their work, in, in hobbies, whatever, if you want to, you know, go that route, whatever it might be where you're feeling that burnout, you're, you know, getting stressed out with it. It's, it's okay. I would encourage anybody who feels that way just to talk to somebody. Let people know where you're at. Because if nothing else, then at least people know. Are they going to be able to fix it? No. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know that anybody's no. really going to be able to fix it for you. Mm-hmm. But at least someone else being aware of where you're at will will help. Um, just being able to talk about it a little bit. I know, you know, Ben and I have had these conversations too because I, you know, I'm, I'm at a point in Legion where, well, I was at a point in Legion. I'm getting more excited now as like new stuff is coming out and as I talk to more people. But I kind of like took the kind of break and took kind of a side step and played some other games a little bit, got my mind focused a little elsewhere. And now I have people who I've been talking to guys um, that I've played Legion with for a long time who, you know, they're sending me lists and stuff and we're just talking about you know, list building and going back to, to you know, that way of just talking about the game. And it doesn't, we're not making any like hyper competitive lists. We're just, hey, like, what if we did this? What if we added this in? Um, so I would just encourage you to, to do whatever you feel like is, is needed for you, um, to feel like you're in a better place. If that's, you know, hobby related, if that's personally with burnout, um, yeah, we all we all go through it a little differently, and it means something different. And we have different ways of you know coping and dealing with those things. So yeah, um, but I, I know that my conversations with Ben here um, that we've had have have helped me get through that phase that I was into about being a little down on it and just not being super interested um, in games and stuff. And now you know here we are. We keep. We keep talking about it. We got new stuff to to explore. And I think I think we just hype ourselves up on like talking about stupid stuff to to put on a table <laughs> because you and I are both just like, man, we just want our opponent to like l- double take when we put our army down and be like, what are you doing? And we so we just tell each other, hey, what if we run this? 
that would do it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. So. And sometimes, like, and that might be it, too, right? Like, Legion, maybe it, maybe it's just a part of Legion that you're struggling with, that mm-hmm. burnout. Like you said, I mean, maybe maybe it's 800 points. Maybe you're just... You're, you're doing that competitive scene at 800 points all the time. You're, you're trying to get 40 games in before you get to an event with your list. And like, maybe you just need to switch it up and play 500 a little bit and just play some stuff that you would not see on the 800 point table, right? And just change it up. And sometimes that's all you need to do. Other recommendation, play narrative. Play those narrative events that I came out with. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's some wild fun. The, the down ATSTs and, you know, they have the the new one. It, yeah, oh, yeah. There, the, there's the a lot. new op kit that's coming out. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Like, there's going to be a lot of, and, or you could go play um, some of the alternate rules uh, list building stuff that they've done, right? Um, oh, yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah. To, I almost totally forgot, like, um, the unconventional warfare. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, change it up. Just do something a little different to get you uh, out of that that rut that you might be in. Yeah. And yeah. And then you can come back, you know, refreshed and maybe with a new perspective or. Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah. And I I like what you said about um, being able to talk to people because I know right now that I know people in the community that they're playing the game and I'm pretty sure they feel like pressured to have to keep playing that game. And I don't want people to think that they can't be burnt out. I think maybe Paul was even burnt out a little bit on like uh, where he was at with Legion. And I think he kind of like, maybe I don't, you can confirm or deny this if you want, but I felt like one day I told you and then you were kind of like, dude, I'm, I'm kind of already burnt out a little bit. <laughs> like, like you kind of admitted it later. I could be yeah. wrong on that. Yeah. But like no, maybe I, you just felt like, oh, I, I can't really tell him cause he loves this game so much. Like <laughs> it's just going to hurt him. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, no, I would definitely agree with that. And part of why I'm saying this and we're talking about it, right, is from that personal experience. Like, mm-hmm. I tried to keep it to myself because I had so many people that I knew from Legion. Like, and those were some of the only conversations, like, I had with these people. Mm-hmm. But I have found out that I've still had conversations with them and it doesn't have to revolve around Legion. Yeah. Um, you know, Legion was the, the gateway for me to meet a lot of these people, you included. But that's mm-hmm. not the the amount of time that we spend talking about Legion compared to other stuff. We really don't even talk about Legion the majority of the time. Yeah, <laughs> we're, it's true. We're, we're talking about other things. We're asking about, you know... <laughs> how life jobs. is yeah jobs, how, what, what like, you got going on you know what you're doing otherwise if you're not doing the hobby like what you're up to that kind of stuff yeah and, and i think that's something to keep in mind right like that yeah. everybody has that like this is just a this is one facet of our lives and what we do right and yeah. in the grand scheme of things i i would you can correct me if I'm wrong, but for the majority of us, it's not that big of a portion, right? Like, that's right. This is, yeah. this is what I do in some of my downtime, but like, I have a job, I have a family, I have kids. Like, we have plenty of other stuff that we do. We go hang out with friends, we go see family. When I get to the game table and specifically to play Legion is a very, very small amount of my time, um, you know, in my life. And so. Right. 
just that, that's a good thing to keep in mind, right? That other people can feel the same way and, um, you, and it I'd doesn't like have to, think, to always be. And any ex- <laughs> I'd actually like to think it's that other experience levels too. So like you don't have to be playing 40 reps of this game to get burnt out on it. Maybe you just got into the game. Maybe you just bought your core set and maybe you're already feeling it. And maybe you're re- and maybe you're reading that as like you were super excited for it before. You were like, I know hobbies get, or I know painting these up might be something I've never done before, and it, and it, I know it's going to be a big task. But I've got this scheme in my mind, and I want to paint it really bad, and it's going to look really cool. And the demo I played with that really handsome guy at my store, God, I want to play him again. It's so great because uh, that game is so fun. And then you get your core box, and then you like maybe assemble your squads or maybe you get one painted or maybe you don't even get that far. And then you already feel like, Oh my God, this is so much. And you might just misread that as like, I don't actually want to do this hobby. And you could actually just be, I think you could just be burnt out really early. I think that's, I mean, that's absolutely something that can happen because I know uh friends of mine who actually did get burnt out on it really early, took off a couple months. And then when they came back to it, they had just as much, if not more, excitement than they did when they were just getting started. Yeah. So I think people burn out at different times, and everybody experiences it to some degree. So don't ever feel like you can't talk to somebody about it, because they either have or will experience the same thing. Uh, and maybe you want to keep it... Like, I've done the same thing with other with other stuff, not Legion necessarily, but like I've, I haven't told people, like, oh, I'm kind of not feeling that thing right now or that game or something like that is like uh yeah it's not really it's not really doing it for me right now excuse me it's not really doing yeah. it for me right now so it's it, and and maybe i hold that stuff in just because you know i don't want to disappoint the other person or make them think like oh i just don't want to talk to them right now or maybe something like that but honestly i would encourage as a big step to yeah just just talk to your friends because they're at the end of the day they will still be your friends like, don't right. just think because you only met them through this game that they're now not going to like you as much anymore or something like that. Yeah. And I, and I, and you're absolutely right. And I will say, you know, I've talked about like getting that burnout in legions, right? But mm-hmm. to, to go all the way back as I'm thinking about it, I've talked a couple of times now about playing the Lord of the Rings game. Legion was actually my break from Lord of the Rings when I was getting burnt out on it years ah. ago when legion came out right so it you know it it happens it doesn't it, it's i'm not saying that legion is the thing that's like burning me out it's just it can be just like you said it can be anything it yeah. can be any game it can be any any facet of your life that you're getting burned out on like kind of we were talking about so mm-hmm. um it, it all comes full circle and you know, I was getting burnt out on Legion a little bit, and I went back and did some Lord of the Rings, and then I got some of that out of my system, and, you know, now I kind of am doing both. Like, I'm playing both games fairly regularly, mm-hmm. um, and I, it's right now it's good, right? And eventually I might be like, well, I'm going to shift and play Legion more and play Lord of the Rings less, or... You know, I might play a different game. Um, and you know what depends. makes it easy? You know what makes that easy, Paul? Is having the commitment of only doing a podcast about it once a month. <laughs> yeah, if only all my other podcasts were like that. Oh, wait, no, this, is, this is my only podcast. I'm just uh, kidding. 
See, but, so I uh, like Legion better than every other game, so I'm doing a podcast about it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend it was because you liked me more than everyone else, but sure, we can say that too if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but actually, you bring up a cool point because you were saying that like one thing was a break for was a break game for another. So my buddy Josh, and I think I kind of do this too to a degree, but he does it like definitely more to an extreme. He has like a triangle of hobby and it and I think it's just like what he works on versus like what hit where his interest is and I think he's like perfected this triangle of like a uh of a of a of a burnout triangle I don't even know if he knows it's like a burnout triangle but it's like where his interest shifts and when yeah. he gets burned out of one he goes to another and it's uh Yu-Gi-Oh mini war game mostly legion sometimes also 40k and video games. And so when he gets burnt out on one, he jumps to the other, and then he goes to the third one, and then he comes back around. And he doesn't really... He notices he's doing it, but he doesn't, like, actively choose it. It's just, like, he'll be playing the game, and then, like, new Legion stuff will come out, and he'll be like, oh, I'm gonna get my Legion stuff ready for that. And then he plays Legion. And then he plays Legion for a while, and then he's like, oh, new stuff for this came out. Okay, I'm gonna go to that now. And then he just kind of keeps doing that pattern in a triangle. And, uh, I think it's smart actually to like have different hobbies to be able to like, once you get burnt out on one, go to another. Like I kind of do that with video games as well. Like if I'm getting burnt out on a mini war game, I'll go over to video games and then I'll play that for a bit, get burnt out on that. Or maybe I'll just have more, maybe I'll just feel refreshed to go back to that other thing. And then I'll try to, you know, go back. So, um, Yeah, I mean, if, if obviously, if you don't want to just take a break completely, um, that could be an alternate route. So you mentioned Lord of the Rings, Paul. Do you have any other games that you might recommend to people that maybe want to stay within the board game route of, like, what they want to play? Like, if they wanted to move from Legion and they wanted to play, like, another uh, board, just any kind of board game or tabletop game. Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, there's so many different. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm just some, like, I'm just just give me some of your favorites. I'm I'm Break looking around my room and just being like, oh my gosh, all of my board games. I have tons <laughs> of board games. Um, uh, honestly, something that I find um a big change that's really helpful um is something that my wife enjoys when we play games is. Um, she does not like the competitive games like Legion where, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're fighting against each other and especially when you're killing each other stuff or knocking it out or whatever, you know, when you have to take your guys off of the board or the table, um, she doesn't like that. So, that's um, fair. cooperative so, games. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I was getting at. One of the big things that I have a lot of board games of is cooperative. Um, but there's also, um, interesting things that you can do within those games too. Again, right? Like Legion, there. Come up with some custom rules. Like come up with something where you, um, you know, one of your buddies or whatever. Maybe you each are going to bring five hundred points, and you're going to um, make a list, a thousand point list that you're both going to play against. And it's just, you know, like, standards, you and I are going to play Rebels, and we're going to play against standard Stormtrooper, you know, ATSTs, that kind of stuff. And we're going to work together to play against it, and they just kind of work on an AI, right? Like, every yeah, turn, they they move and shoot at the closest thing. Just, like, change it up. 
But, uh, yeah, like, co- something cooperative. Board games, um, I have a lot of them. One of my wife's favorite ones is Zombicide. Um, oh, Zombicide is so fun. Yeah, just a, you know, kind of like zombie apocalypse, and there's different genre- genres. There's a, um, uh, like a medieval one. There's a modern day one. There's a futuristic one. So that that's one that we get to the table a lot, um, Zombicide, anything like that. Um, that has that cooperative feel where you're working together and just like slaying hordes of guys, um, <laughs> is, is another like tabletop game that I enjoy playing. Um, and again, just something like with different mechanics. Um, one of the things that I like about miniature war games is the list building part, right? Well, mm-hmm. part of that is because I also have, uh, a love for building like decks for card games or, mm-hmm that mechanic in board games, like, so board games that have a deck building mechanic, um, yep. um, for people who are into board games or looking for one to check out. Um, there's a, a newer one that I got called Lost Ruins of Arnak. Um, just got it recently at Gen Con. I think that's when it came out. Um, you're like explorers and, but it has a deck building mechanic in there. So it like scratches that itch of like trying to build that like mechanism that works together. Um, so like, yeah, like that's the kind of stuff that I change it up with. That's the kind of stuff that I go to when I'm, um, changing gears, um, while I'm to, thinking, to get a while break. I'm thinking about it, Paul, I think a game that honestly, I don't know if I've ever asked you if you've played, but I think you would particularly love because it combines the two things that you just said, deck building and cooperative. Have you ever played Sentinels of the Multiverse? Yes, I have. Sentinels that's of the really Multiverse. It's, yeah. Yeah. So like, I really love yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that um, you can get into, and those would yeah, those are some that I would recommend to to anybody that is interested in playing board games and stuff. And uh, you know, if you if you want more, I know this is a Legion podcast, but always feel free to to, to hit me up, uh, <laughs> send oh, me absolutely. a message or something, and I will be happy to give you some suggestions on some games or something if you want something different to to, to get a break or change things up a bit. Because we got Lord of the Rings, um, Sentinels of the Multiverse, if you like deck build. If, yeah, if you're looking for, like, fun cooperative games. I know Imperial Assault, if you want to stay in Star Wars, is fun cooperative. It's kind of like Zombicide a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. Zombicide, obviously. Um, what are some of my suggestions here? What are some games that I like? Well, I mean, if you wanted to stay in in kind of theme with Legion, I mean, as far as, like, a war a war game, you know, I don't know if I want to suggest 40k to people if you're getting burned down on Legion because it just feels yeah. like more intense Legion. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know it's there if you just want different models to paint, sure. And honestly, that's actually something I've done is I just want to paint different models that are just like I want to move from this kind of like I want to move away from stormtroopers and I want to paint Adeptus Mechanicus or I want to paint you know Tyranids or something like sure just go over to 40k and just paint some stuff. You don't have to play it, but if it, you know if you're just looking for that, you could. Um, if you want to play another kind of skirmish game, though, there you know there's uh Marvel Crisis Protocol, may, also made by AMG, super fun game. Yeah, and that's a that's another thing too. Like maybe maybe it's scale, right? Maybe it's yeah. Like okay, I don't want to move around forty models like every time I play a game. So maybe Marvel Crisis Protocol is the way to go, right? Because yeah, you got like you five. Know, yep, you can just have a handful and be done. Um, or Go even, go even smaller, have three models, and wait for it, Zinvaded. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And that's that's also going to be my recommendation for the cast. And if you want to hear about that game, go back to the Gen Con episode. We did uh, whatever the most previous Gen Con episode is, because if you're listening <laughs> to this 10 years in the future, and we have a bunch of Gen Con episodes and you're probably lost. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Invaded will be a recommendation as well, as well as Arena Rex. Those yeah. are similar yeah, skirmish right. games that just have fewer models and are both super fun. Yeah, and, and that's... Uh, that's a good point. Arena Rex is one that I played recently um, at Adepticon, and it is a you know smaller model count, and it's the it's simple, right? Like four, yep. five, six on a six sided die is a success. One, two, three is a failure. Like you don't have to worry about symbols. You don't have to you know on the dice and interpreting what those mean. It's just uh, everything is a fifty fifty, um, which sometimes. Something like that that's a little more... Uh, not that the game is simplistic. There's still complexities to it. There's plenty of depth. Oh, there but, are. But um, something like that, uh, changing up mechanics um, just to make something a little more simple um, or or more complex if that's what you're looking for, right? Like you might be playing Arena Rex and want something a little deeper um, and maybe you turn to Legion. So, you know, yeah, those are yeah. All, all options, yeah. And I, I think Ben and I would be happy to suggest other things, too, if you uh, have any other questions. So feel free to hit us up on that. I mean, as of time of recording, we are two of the three uh, Funkoverse world champions. So we can also <laughs> recommend that game. That's another one. Yeah, if you want something <laughs> light and fun, that was that was a good time. All right. Well, unless I want to... Uh, Go on for 20 minutes talking about how everyone should drop Legion and play Bakugan. Uh, I think we should find some sort of out here. Well, I, I think, I think there's something going on over there. Uh oh, wait a minute. What's going on? Oh, 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 that's shooting. Ooh, those are blasters. Okay, uh, uh, okay, Paul, uh, I'm, I don't think, I think we might be able to slip out if we both go right now. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So, so far, so far, so good. Okay. All right. It looks like we're going to be out for now. Um, we're still going to be in binder cuffs, but we're going to get... I see the AA5 over there, so let's head over there. All right. I think that's probably going to be it for us, though. Uh, unless we get shot at or something happens, we'll see you next month. I hope everyone had a dice time listening to us. Until then... Uh, I'm currently trying to get my cuffs off. I mean, I'm Ben Jetron. <laughs> I'm Paul Watson. And we will see you go out and make today even better. And don't take any hostages. Good night. Will you bite these off for me, Paul? I know your teeth are stronger. <laughs>